Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to Me Athlete Radio. Welcome to episode 27 of No Meat Athlete Radio. I am your host, Matt Frazier, joined as always, or as usual, as often, by my co-host Doug Hay, who just got back from a significant race. Doug, how are you feeling? I'm uh, recovering pretty well, yeah. <laughs> Good. So we'll get into that. Uh, that was Doug's first 100-mile ultra. And uh, we also have a special guest today who is the newest member of the No Meat Athlete team and someone who... Many listeners may know a little bit about from her story. Uh, her name is Wendy Fry, and she's been a longtime NMA reader. Wrote uh, kind of like I featured her on the blog. It wasn't a guest post, but we we kind of did an interview and wrote her story, which is really a great story of going from you know out of shape and inactive to being a plant based marathoner, and I believe a fully vegan marathoner. And um, so we'll just get into that. You know, talk about some inspiration, and then talk about. Wendy's new role, which is which is helping out in the No Meat Athlete community and even doing some of our live events. So, Wendy, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. All right. So, you have a pretty cool story about going from you know basically zero to marathon. But um, I think you know with with Doug as our podcast host, we would uh, be making a mistake not to mention his hundred mile run. He's getting ready to head out of the country for a little while, so. Um, he won't be back with us on another episode for about three weeks. So um, I'll, let's get into a little bit of that about that before we get into Wendy's story. Um, I don't know, Doug. I mean, where do we start? It, it's the the Mass Nutton Mountain Trails 100, a very difficult run. I mean, I think it was what 25,000 elevation change or 15 or something. No, 18. 18. 18. Okay. So, and I know mine, the Running River 100 that I did was like 5,000. So th- I mean, it's just a drastic difference and uh and i thought mine was a little bit hilly so i i'm just impressed doug i'm amazed that you were here a week later <laughs> yeah it was um it was definitely a long day it took me 32 hours and and 22 minutes to to run the full 103 miles um but it was great it was a really wonderful experience and i've been recovering pretty well um, as you mentioned, the Massanutten is has a, quite a bit of elevation change, and it runs along a ridge. But um, they, for whatever reason, they decided to put all of the aid stations at the bottom of the ridge. So, at first, you know, you're kind of uh, anticipating and excited to reach another aid station to have a second to fuel and, and take a little break. But as the race went on, I realized I came to realize that if you if there was an aid station coming up, it meant that you were running down off the ridge, and that you would then have to run back up the ridge um after the aid station so you know by the end i was kind of dreading the the different all the various aid stations but it was it was a lot of fun uh we had perfect weather uh on race weekend and um unfortunately there was quite a bit of flooding in the area the week before so uh that we experienced just a, a ton of mud and some swollen creeks and, and rivers that resulted in in wet feet basically the entire time and i did struggle with quite a few blisters on my toes but um, you know, I, I can't complain about how the race went. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I mean, I wish we could, we could devote a full episode to it and just get into it, but, uh, maybe we'll do that when you get back. We'll see if we can find a reason to, to kind of dive into it. But anyway, you you have a post up, a recap post. Uh, we will put the URL at the bottom of the show notes. Otherwise just go to rockcreekrunner.com and, uh, you'll see it among the recent posts. 
So, um, yeah, congratulations, Doug. That is an incredible accomplishment. Um, definitely inspires me to start thinking about the hundred again. And uh, I don't really know what to do, but but I'm uh, thinking about it. <laughs> so anyway, Wendy, uh, let's let's talk about your story a little bit. I mean, it's it's on your profile on the site, which is nomeatathlete.com slash Wendy, and a uh, fairly long post there about your story. But why don't you give it to us in a nutshell, like the you know the two minute version of you know, the, I mean, pretty incredible transformation that you underwent in just a span of a year or two. Yeah. Um, well, I started off, um, I always kind of was dabbling in pescatarian vegetarianism, um, through college. And, um, there was a time in my early career where I decided I need to start getting annual physicals because I just wanted to make sure I was healthy and everything was okay. So I had gone for a physical, I guess it was in like 2010. And, um, I really found a doctor that I liked and I trusted. And he told me that my cholesterol was a little out of whack, which was kind of weird. Cause I was so young and I was like 24 at the time. So, I mean, that was just hard to hear and kind of unreal. Um, but he was like, you know, you can probably fix it with diet and exercise, or we can put you on a cholesterol thing if it's hereditary on a cholesterol medication. And, you know, at, in my mid twenties, I thought that was insane. So, um, I was determined to fix it, but a year went by and life got in the way and I hadn't really done anything about it. So knowing that my physical was coming up again, I decided I was going to cut out things I knew that were high cholesterol, like egg yolks and bacon and stuff, which eventually I just kept cutting out things that were high cholesterol, high fat, um, not really knowing anything about nutrition, just kind of doing what I had heard was, um, the right thing to do. And, um, somewhere along the way, I watched the documentary Forks Over Knives, which, um, really struck me and made me think about my diet and, um, like I said, I had already kind of been dabbling in pescatarianism and vegetarianism before um, for more ethical and environmental reasons. So once I realized how connected the diet was to health, I kind of just thought it sounded like the right thing to do to go full-on vegetarian and eventually full-on vegan, which was about three years ago this weekend, actually. Um, and around the same time, I had started dabbling in running uh, shortly before that, and I wasn't really a runner ever. I wasn't really much of an athlete ever, and um, you know, but I kind of always wanted to do a marathon. I don't know why. I just thought it sounded really cool, and I thought maybe someday I would be able to do it. Um, but I didn't really have a lot of support because obviously, like, who am I to say I'm going to run a marathon? I've never even run, you know, a fast 5K. So, um, you know, I started picking up my running a little and decided when I went to that physical and got my cholesterol checked and everything was looking better, I asked the doctor, you know, do you think that I could ever really run a marathon? Does that sound like something I could do? And he was kind of like, well, I, maybe let's do an EKG just to make sure everything's okay. So, um, we did that and my heart was fine. So he was like, you know what, go for it. Let's see what happens. So, um, I didn't really know where to start, so I was just Googling things online, and lo and behold, I found No Meat Athlete, who's, you know, a vegetarian running website, um, and the Marathon Roadmap was there, and I'm a very hesitant online shopper. I don't typically actually purchase anything. Um, I'll put it in my shopping cart and then just kind of, like, never buy it, 
But with the marathon roadmap, I literally like bought it in one day. I didn't even think about it because I just thought it was so perfect for what I wanted to do. And um, I printed it out and followed it pretty religiously for six months. Um, I started, I guess, in May with like the pre-marathon training. And then as, you know, time progressed, I upped my miles. I got more confident, um, went fully vegan over that period of time. And, um, you know, it wasn't always easy. It was, it was a lot of sacrifice. There was a lot of time commitment involved. And, um, but I, you know, I just really wanted to do it and I had the right plan to, to follow. So, um, you know, I, I, it worked out. And, um, in November of 2011, I ran my first, hopefully full marathon. Um, it wasn't fast, but it was, it was great. And, um, the weather was beautiful. It was in Savannah, Georgia. Um, it was definitely a moment I'll remember forever. So, um, I think that was a little longer than two minutes, but that's pretty (laughs) much the story. (laughs) Right. And then after that, you actually got into, you mentioned your, you said your first, hopefully is that you mean you haven't done a second, but you have plans to, is that the idea or you hope to? Um, over the course I did a half, um, with my training, um, about a month before the full, I did my first half. Um, and then after that, I've done, uh, I guess maybe like four half marathons. Um, and I also started getting into triathlons, um, around that time I, uh, joined the Atlanta triathlon club, um, with the support of a coworker and, um, got really into swimming. I actually didn't even know how to swim. I mean, I didn't know how to run when I started running. Um, I didn't know how to swim when I joined the triathlon club and they helped me learn, I was terrified of biking because I went to the bike store to buy one and fell off of it about a million times in the parking lot. And the bike, the bike uh, salesman was like, are you sure you really want to buy a road bike right now? This is like really expensive. And I was like, yes, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to do this. So, um, and my husband, even he was like, are you sure this is what you want to do? Um, but yeah, I got it and went to my first long bike ride with the club and um, I was terrified because I was sure I was going to fall. And um, I didn't. I did fine. And um, did I actually did a triathlon a little less. Actually, I guess it was maybe like six months after I did the marathon, um, which was fantastic. So, yeah, I'm hoping to continue down this path. Um, Ironman is on my someday wish list. But, you know, that is a really big one. So, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> right. And the reason that, that you've haven't done I'm I imagine the reason you haven't done another marathon yet is because of this big injury that you had yeah um, um yeah so I mean, yeah tell, it was kind of a, a a bad one right I mean it wasn't it's not yeah. like an overtraining injury it was something no much no worse. um I so it was just a few months after I did my first triathlon and I um was on a fun whitewater rafting trip with some friends and fell out of the raft and um got tossed through class five rapids two of them and um Thankfully, wasn't injured worse because it could have been a lot worse, but I broke my ankle really badly and had to have two surgeries. So um, I, I did. I recovered from that and did a one half marathon since, um, but I was out of commission for a full nine months off of my feet. So, um, so yeah, it's definitely been a journey. And I think that's like what I've learned through all of this is, you know, you, you set your goal and you work towards it, but you know, once you reach that goal, the journey doesn't end. You know, it's a constant recommitment to being vegan. I mean, I've, I have maintained the vegan diet, but it's a constant commitment to remember why you want to do it and to stick with it. 
Um, and it's a constant commitment to, to stay healthy and active. And, um, so yeah, so, I mean, it's been a learning experience, but yeah, I've been kind of out of commission a little, uh, for a little while. So, um, yeah, but it, it seems like your mindset now is even though you're, you know, not as active now because of the injury, um, you have the, it seems like the mindset and enthusiasm of someone who, uh, you know, who does do this stuff regularly and, and is active, even if the injuries keep yeah. on the sideline. Because, I mean, it really was a huge trans- transformation. If you, if you go to the Wendy's post here, nomadathlete.com slash Wendy, uh, you can see, like, the before and after pics. And I don't I don't mean so much the the pictures that they tell the whole story, but it just it just really is a story of someone who went, I mean, not, you know, a first marathon story and even a plant-based first marathon story. Those, they're everywhere now. But it really is quite a transformation. And, um, you know, I just want to talk about, like, at the be at the beginning, you said that after you did this, you didn't mention it here, but that you did like a forty-eight hour jump rope thing on a team, <laughs> and uh, you know, and then but you said that after you, after that kind of inspired you. This was this was before you even started when you when you started telling us the story, like even years before that, and it made you first start thinking about a marathon for the first time. Uh, and you said that that people weren't all that supportive, or you didn't get, you know, what you said was the, the cheering section that you expected. And I don't know. Can you talk about that a little bit? Just because I think a lot of people listening to this, um, you know, may, aren't aren't haven't done a marathon, haven't done anything close to a marathon yet, and may recognize that they have some big changes they want to make. Maybe that's why they listen to something like this, just to kind of be inspired. Um, but I don't know. Just like what what was the response you got? Why was it surprising? And then you know, what'd you do next? Like, how, how'd you, how did you kind of keep pushing forward, even though there wasn't the support you'd hoped for? Yeah, well, so what you were talking about was, um, I went to Penn State, and at Penn State, it's the biggest student-run philanthropy in the world, actually. It's called THON. It's Penn State um, Dance Marathon, and it raises money for pediatric cancer research. So not jump rope, right? No, not, yeah, not jump rope for heart? It's, well, it's a dance marathon. That's how it began. And then, um, okay. It's evolved. It's more for 48 hours, you stand and you don't sleep. Um, and it's, you know, to raise money for children's families um, who are struggling with going through um, pediatric cancer. So, um, you know, that was definitely something um, I saw, you know, it's a lot of students at Penn State do it. So I knew it was possible, but I really um, didn't know if I could do it. And when I was getting ready to do it, you know, a lot of people don't really change much because you're in college and it is what it is. But I, you know, I didn't go out late anymore. Like I made sure I was getting enough sleep every night. I made sure I was eating really healthy. I was going to the gym regularly. And that was the first time I really just like took control of everything to work towards getting through fun. And, um, you know, after it was over, I was in a ton of pain and took me a while to recover. Um, but I was feeling very invincible. I was feeling like I could do a lot. And that was sort of, you know, I guess the first thing that made me, that inspired me to start thinking about running a marathon. Um, again, because I knew some people who had done it and I was like, if they can do it, I could do it. You know, I, I could do fun. So I guess I can do anything. And, um, but you know, I started, you know, mentioning it to people and, I, people just, you know, they were like, marathon, are you kidding? That's not for you. You know, you don't even, you never played sports. You're not, you know, and I just, I I was like, you know what? I guess they're right. I, I never did play sports. So, you know, maybe this isn't for me. And it wasn't until a little while later that I started to take control of my health again and to really think about, um, 
you know, how I want, you know, my future to be. And I want to be the person who, you know, sets these goals and accomplishes them. And, you know, I don't want anyone telling me that I can't to be the reason that I can't. I want, you know, the fact that I tried really hard and couldn't do it to be the reason why I can't. So, um, you know, I figured if I just worked really, really hard at it, I would get there. And, you know, if there's anyone out there who, you know, is thinking about doing a marathon or a half marathon or a 5K, if you just want to get off the couch and start running, all you need to do is take that first step and just anyone who's not supporting you, put them out of your mind and think about what you want your life to be like and what you want your goals to look like. Um, that would be what I would say to them because really, I mean, it's all, you just have to push yourself. You just have to get up off the couch and do it. So, um, yeah, so I guess that was sort of the mindset. It's just once you start taking control and taking control of my diet, I guess, gave me the willpower to realize that I could take control of my physical abilities too. So um, I think that's a good first step. If you're, you know, you want to become active, I think, you know, making some good diet choices is a good first step to getting, you know, more active. Yeah, definitely. And I like that, you know, it's kind of, what you're mentioning is the small step approach, you know, taking, you know, looking at it just as these smaller steps at the beginning instead of, you know, with the main goal uh, in mind, um, but not just immediately trying to go out and run a, run a marathon at the very beginning. No, definitely not. And I think I put it in the post too. When I first started running and it, I don't even know if I would call it running. Um, I, for, I'll never forget my very first time I was like, I'm going to go out for a run. It was in the summer. It was so hot. I lived in Atlanta and I walked out the front door and it was pretty hilly. And I literally ran maybe one block and had to stop. And I was like, what, who enjoys this? Why am I doing this? This is the, you know, who thinks this is a good use of their time? Um, but it wasn't until I just pushed through, you know, a little bit of the discomfort and, you know, realize that, you know, I can do this and I can make do, you know, a, a 0.75 mile lap um, from, you know, my apartment to around the block and back again. So, you know, it and it, it wasn't running the whole time. It was walking most of it and running just a little. And it was like that for a long time before I finally felt like I was confident enough to take on, you know, a 5k and take on a half marathon and a full marathon. So it's definitely small steps. I agree with you, Doug, that, um, I think that's a good approach. Yeah. And Wendy, when you, when you mentioned this, this first run, that was awful. And you're like, why would anyone do this? But, but you, but you still kept doing it. I mean, you came back again and did it again. Uh, even after that experience, were you thinking about a marathon at that point, even if you hadn't signed up or, or started the training program for one, was that the reason you were doing this? Was it like, I, I want to get a marathon done and this is the very first step? Or was it just kind of, I want to start moving and then I'll I'll go from there? Um, I think it, initially it was more just, I, I know I'm supposed to be exercising. <laughs> so mm -hmm. this seems like a good thing to do. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that would have been my more initial motivation. Just like, I know I'm supposed to be exercising more regularly and I like being outside in the sunshine. So this is probably what I should do. And um, we had, you know, we have a lot of friends who have grown as runners, you know, throughout the same time that I have grown as a runner. So, you know, I guess having friends who are like, we're going to do a 5K, you know, and that that's a little motivating to say, oh, yeah, I'll join in. I'll do that 5K with you. And then you have something to work towards. 
Um, and you have a support network. So I'd say it was a combination of just, you know, being surrounded by people who also wanted to be active and start running and then, you know, just realizing I needed to be healthy. Um, when I finally got the idea of a marathon in my head and I really was determined to do it right after I had gone to the doctor, um, I'm a teacher, so I'll never forget that was over spring break, and I didn't have a smartphone or any sort of GPS watch or anything. I still don't. I mean, I have a smartphone now, but I don't have a GPS watch. And um, I mapped out a route on Google Maps that was seven miles long, and I was like, I'm gonna do this, this seven mile run, and it was the you know the farthest I've ever run by a landslide. And I told my husband, I was like, if I don't come back, come looking for me. Here's my map, and I gave it to him. Um, and I went out and I did it and I didn't run the whole thing, but I did seven miles in one at one time. And I thought that was like, that was it for me. I was like, I'm going to do this. This, it felt good. It, you know, it was beautiful weather. And that, I mean, for me, that's why I love running. I like being outside. I like moving. Um, and it just, you know, it, it works. It's a great way to like see things around and I don't really run with headphones. So I like to just listen to nature and it, you know, think through things, um, so I mean, initially, no, I guess when I first started running, it wasn't the first thing in my mind, but, um, there was definitely a moment when marathon became the main goal. Right. Um, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. The reason I asked is cause I don't know when you, when you mentioned the, uh, thon, the, the dance, mm-hmm. whatever, the, I'm, I don't forget how you described it. 48 hour dance marathon. Yeah. Marathon. There you go. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, and you said that like that feeling of that you could take control of everything in your mm-hmm. life, and that you could just like you know there wasn't this structure before, and then you decided you were going to do this, and you put all this structure on there. And uh, there's this quote from it used to be on a Starbucks cup. It said, "The irony of commitment is that it's deeply liberating." And when you were telling that, it made me remember when I very first got started with fitness back in college, and I had never really done anything you know, never anything long-term, just random weightlifting here and there in high school, which I would just like quickly abandon. But I remember I got a book, the the Body for Life book, that old program with um, that guy Bill Phillips on it. Mm-hmm. And I, it was a 12-week program and I, I committed to it. It was like all by myself, didn't have a partner or anything, but I said, I want to get in shape, so I'm going to do this. And I was like super strict. I followed every single thing. I didn't, I remember there was like no, no white bread, no white rice, no anything until the cheat day. And I would, I remember like, staying up until midnight on Saturday night waiting until that my Sunday cheat day would start so that I could eat. So, but I mean, like I was, you know, even if I'd had three beers, I was still like following the rule. I was not going, well, I guess three beers probably wasn't part of the program. So, but <laughs> other than that, I was, you know, I wouldn't eat the Doritos until that cheat day started. And of course this is long before I was vegetarian or vegan. But for me, that was like, that was the first time I'd ever done this sort of thing. And that was the precursor to deciding I wanted to run a marathon. And that, just I don't know how, like yeah I mean the, I remember the first and second workouts I ever did where there was all this soreness I was shaking afterwards and just trying to like learn the exercises because I hadn't really done any I didn't know all these different different movements I didn't know how to do I mean anything a, a dumbbell bench press you know that was new to me and uh, it was so hard at first but I just I remember I had this twelve week thing and I was like I'm going to do this for twelve weeks so I I think the small steps is such a great thing but I also as I start to think more and learn about goals I think taking very very small steps but having some big commitment or motivating factor for it is really a crucial thing to to making a big change like that 
I completely agree. And I'm thinking back to my college days, too, and when I was getting ready for THON, and then after that, when I was feeling really good, I, like, developed, um, just from internet searching, um, like, three days of meal rotations that, um, so I was eating, like, it was three different daily menus, and I, like, broke down the calories, and this was, like, before Daily Plate, before, you know, any sort of app that would do this for you. And I, like, figured out, like, okay, for breakfast, I'm going to have yogurt and blueberries and granola. For a snack, I'm going to have mixed nuts. For lunch, I'm going to have pasta with vegetables. You know, and it was very regimented. And I had a three-day rotation. And that summer, I followed that rotation. And in addition to, you know, the classes I was taking that summer were, you know, athletic-based classes, like tennis and stuff at college. So, I mean, that summer I was very regimented and followed a very strict schedule and had a lot of success. So I do agree. I think that, like you said, it's liberating to have the commitment. Um, I think, you know, but I also think you, you need to be in the right mindset for it. So sometimes taking small steps till you get to the mindset, and then once you're there, diving in and finding what commitment is right for you. I think, you know, it's a balance because – it's hard if you're if you're if you're not ready to make the commitment, you know, that that's when I think a lot of people have trouble is that they jump into something before they really prepare themselves and educate themselves. So I you know, I think it's definitely a balance. You need to make sure you know what you're committing to, but also you need to um you know, make sure you're prepared to make the commitment. So right. <laughs> um yeah, it's a, it's a great story, and it's incredibly inspiring, um, but you make it sound so easy. Were there any setbacks <laughs> that you experienced over the years? And, oh, and, gosh. and if so, like, how did you handle those? Because I'm sure there had to have been some, right? Oh, gosh, yeah. Um, easy is, is, I guess in retrospect, it seems easy, but it's definitely not. And it's still not easy to keep the diet in check. Um, going vegan was very tough socially, and, you know, when you're in your mid-20s and your life kind of revolves around, you know, happy hour and hanging out with friends and dinners. Um, it's really tough to switch all of that so that you can commit to a diet that you believe in. So um, that's an ongoing struggle for me. And I'm sure maybe you guys experience this too. You know, it's so much easier just to eat nachos when you're out with your friend. <laughs> so, I mean, it takes willpower. It takes definitely every single meal every single moment it takes thought and dedication to stick with the diet um and I think like you said with making a commitment and having a plan and like in the marathon roadmap there's very specific plans to help you make sure your meals are ready to go um so I think educating yourself being prepared knowing what to look for at the grocery store um you know thinking the night before what you're going to eat the next day and if you have plans, you know, like you talk about a lot, have a smoothie before you go out to the bar. And that way, when everyone orders, you know, munchies, you're okay. Um, that, you know, it's thinking ahead and, and thinking differently about that. Um, in terms of fitness, um, I did have, um, you know, right now I'm struggling with some knee trouble. And back then I started to have some knee trouble as well. And um, I found that cross-training, swimming, uh, yoga, um, biking, all those things mixed in with my running really helped. And, and I mean, that was very consuming too, because when you're running and training for a marathon and then you're like, well, I need to start mixing all these other kinds of exercises in too, then you're pretty much working out seven days a week. And, um, 
you know, it's a big commitment to do that. And so I, easy, I think is definitely not the word for it. Um, but worthwhile, yes, definitely worthwhile and definitely, um, you know, a life changing experience that makes me appreciate my body and appreciate the foods I eat and, um, you know, what, what I'm capable of. So, um, yeah, not Great. easy. <laughs> no, not easy, but yeah. And, and like, I don't know that thing I said, that's is some of my fondest memories is just thinking back to that period where there was all that structure and it was, you know, it was hard. Like there was a lot of the willpower and you know, these new behaviors and it was weird. It was not comfortable. It was inconvenient sometimes. But when I think back on that, I don't know that, that structure and that discipline, even if in the moment I didn't notice that it was like great, it, it just, it just, I, I think back to that period and it was such a happy period of growth for me. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I think if people are listening to this and are kind of like, wow, well, you know, I, I still don't think I could ever really do a marathon. Um, you may not be giving yourself the, the chance or the credit uh, that you deserve that, you know, like just to, it seems like, okay, I'm not disciplined now. How would I ever do a marathon? Sometimes adding something like that into your life can actually create that discipline and it can allow you to find it in you. And then you can discover how great it can be and it can lead, you know, down a road like it has for me and Doug and Wendy, just like to this whole, whole life of, you know, that where fitness is such a big part of it and stuff like that is a big part. So that's um, definitely true. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's why, you know, I wanted to have you on here just to kind of inspire. Um, and of course, why you were a great fit for the no meat athlete community, because you're, you're very outgoing and easy to talk to and warm. Um, and I, I didn't mention this in the beginning, but, but for those listening, Wendy actually also helped me book or not book, but organize the two Philadelphia book tour events and showed up to them. Um, and just, you know, just very much a community minded person. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, what, what your role in the community right now is helping out with the community blog writing, I think what two posts per month for that, where we're mm-hmm. featuring other runners and not runners, but just athletes, other plant-based dieters, stories of change like yours and other just cool things, uh, as well as participating a lot in the forums community there. Um, I don't know. I mean, Wendy, what, what can you, to, you probably know more about those, the community site than I do. What, um, what's, what's going on there? Um, well, yeah. So basically what I've been doing is putting together spotlight posts about community members, um, to just kind of share with the no meat athlete community, um, what's going on. And there are so many no meat athletes in all different types of sports and practices. And, um, it's just, you know, a way for us to kind of share their expertise with the world and um, to help people see that there are others like them and to feel supported and connected in their um, endeavors. So uh, most recently I wrote about Claire Fryer, who is a mixed martial arts um, no meat athlete. And um, that was pretty inspiring. It definitely makes me want to take up kickboxing reading about her. <laughs> um, she's pretty incredible. And um, I'm, what I am finding very inspiring, too, um, we wrote about Anna, a um, 14-year-old uh, no-meat athlete. And to me, you know, as a teacher, that I just find so incredible because um, not only is she balancing her schoolwork and her studies and excelling, but she's also competing in lots of different sports, running, swimming, and she's also um, – maintaining a plant-based diet and inspiring her entire family to do so too. So, um, 
you know, those are just a few examples of some of the incredible athletes that we featured. And um, we've also had some, you know, transformation stories like Chris, who lost a ton of weight and is now training for his first half marathon. Um, and um, yeah, so I think, you know, the Nomad Athlete community is really incredible. It's, you know, people who follow a plant-based diet, I find are really warm and, and really caring and supportive of one another. And, you know, it's a great way for everyone to connect. And um, yeah, if you have a great story and you want to send it to me at wendy at nomadathlete.com, um, we would love to, you know, feature some other cool athletes as well. So, um, and to, this is also an opportunity to show that, you know, it's not just runners. We, you know, have a lot of great, talented, amazing runners, um, but there are Nomad athletes who do all kinds of crazy endurance sports and succeed and are strong and um, definitely not the weak vegans that some stereotype. So um, right. it's a great opportunity to um, to get to know everyone. So I've been really enjoying it. Yeah. And then for people who haven't been or maybe not have even known that, that a community site exists, it is at community.nomadathlete.com. We'll also put that link there too. But if you go there, the homepage is just a different blog, like not not the main nomadathlete.com blog where it's often me writing about whatever. But it's it's basically just a bunch of stories like Wendy's story, your your story from back in whatever it was, 2012 or 2011, Wendy. Um, it was sort of our model at first for all these. So it's it's for people who are really interested in kind of hearing other people's stories and just how people are doing. It's definitely focused on people more than you know, how to, how to do this or how to mm-hmm. how to plan a meal or how to make a certain recipe. It's so much more about the people. And uh, I think it's really cool for that. It's a nice different side of Nomad Athlete. And you guys also have some, some contests in the works, right? We haven't mentioned Susan yet, but Susan Lakey, of course, who writes a lot of the triathlon posts on Nomad Athlete, um, she's also heavily involved with the community site. Yeah, Susan uh, writes a lot of posts that are about um, diet and one of the columns that she um, writes regularly is what I ate for a day, where she features lots of different people who follow different types of plant-based diets. And um, so you can kind of get a snapshot. And for someone who's maybe new to the vegetarian or vegan diet and wants to know sort of what a nomad athlete eats in a typical day, it's a great opportunity to kind of learn what other people do and how they succeed. Um so yeah, so we have some challenges in the works, and um, we're hoping to reach out to new community members and, um, you know, give away some great Nomad Athlete stuff to people through the challenges. So um, we're, that's going to be a great opportunity to connect with even more Nomad Athletes from around the world. Um, that's one of the coolest things I found about this. I just recently traveled to Europe, and um that, you know, there are no meat athletes everywhere. It's pretty amazing how big the community is. So I'm just, I'm excited to see how this community site grows and um, how we can connect people from all over. So, yeah, I definitely am too. That's, that's been a very, very cool part of it. Um, so last thing, Wendy, we're, we're kind of bumping up against the time. We're trying to keep these things mm-hmm. fairly short these days, but um, mm-hmm. you've also been starting to help out with the live events, which is something that I've for I don't know the past three years have been doing the DC Veg Fest and it's always a really great time we've done the New York City one a few times and they're great but it's just really hard for me to get to them and uh, you were actually going to start helping out with a lot of these and uh, you did the Worcester Massachusetts and this coming up next month actually is going to be the Philadelphia I think the, fir- the first one right first Veg Fest yeah 
Yeah, it's the first annual Philly Veg Fest, um, and I'm thinking it will be really well attended. We have um, some pretty incredible um, speakers at this event. Rich Landau, who's the um, executive chef at Veg Restaurant and the owner, and his wife, Kate Jacoby, will be there. And that's if you're ever in Philadelphia, that's the restaurant you need to go to. Um, you need to make a reservation like six weeks or more in advance. Um, but it's, it's really amazing. So I'm, I'm very excited about that event. I think it'll be great. Um, and we'll have some, you know, no meat athlete shirts for sale if anyone wants those. So, um, and we'll actually have a contest running too, I think for 5k that you can win a bib to. So, um, yeah, it'll be a good time and, you know, we'll have a few more events in the works over the next few months. So, um, stay tuned for more information on those. Yeah, we're going to try to be at a lot more of them this year, thanks to your help, um, including some of the very big ones over the summer. And we don't have no, – none of those are finalized yet other than Philly, but uh, hopefully we'll get to three or four more this summer. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just stay tuned, and we'll be announcing those sorts of things. So, um, Wendy, I think this has been good, and don't want to go any longer, but um, thanks so much for, for your time and, and helping to inspire people. Like I said, that was really what uh, – I want you know it wasn't it wasn't that I wanted you to teach people how to run a first marathon, but just just to be just to be a real person who who like you know Doug and I talk about hundreds all the time, but like someone who not that long ago was was not able to run a five k and within a very short period of time progressed through those distances up to marathon at the same time making this change to plant based. Uh, you know, I just wanted you to to people to see a a real person's transformation story and see that it's possible and uh, hopefully be inspired to create their own yeah definitely thanks it was great to be here all right so um check out wendy in the community site she's active in the forums there uh community.nomeadathlete.com wendy anything else anywhere else people can find you or that you want to mention on here um you can find me on twitter at wendy nma um and yeah that's pretty much it i'm excited to connect with everyone so definitely reach out great well we it was a pleasure talking to you wendy and uh we'll see you in the community site sounds good all right thanks wendy